first of all, I want to just say thank you for having another conversation. That's that's the first element. The second one is what's been on my mind and what, what has me reach out has been literally one sentence you said, I think three conversations ago, that's kind of spun in the back of my mind mm-hmm. and that I've been thinking about because it's so close to to what I do with people. And in that, it's been a short paragraph, if, if you want, you said, where you talked about when you work with people and their strengths, one of the powerful perspectives and tools you can use is to have people speak for their strengths. So to have people speak for, oh, this is my uh, my activator that wants to do this, or this is my uh, my intellection that needs this. Mm. And that, that's been just there, kind of turning in the back. And I would love to hear more about that perspective of people speaking for their strengths, what you see happening when, when, when people do that. Um, mm. And maybe even just have a little back and forth, because one of the main things I do with people is help people identify their parts and both parts that are creating problems in their life, but also Mm. parts that are um, useful in their life. So yeah, yeah, that's kind of the the big topic I I would love to talk about. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So um, what I, what I actually call that is, uh, strength-based language or strength-based communication, communicating clearly from your strengths. So as we know, <coughs> the found, a foundation of, of living and managing your, your talents and strengths and so um, starts with self-awareness, um, that you, you understand your inherent kind of energy and your needs, etc., so that you know where it's coming from, that you can identify when it's working well, you can identify when it's overplaying or underplaying or mismanaged. Um, and then the, the second part comes with other awareness. That means you can pick up and identify patterns of thought, feeling, or behavior in others around you, be it colleagues or family or whatever. Um, And where the communication comes in is to help someone else and yourself and someone else understand you and understand where you're coming from and how you formulate a specific emotion or a specific action or how you formulate a specific thought. Now, um, clarity and language that you add to this is immensely helpful uh, for people to understand and support you uh, or to follow you if you're leading um, or even to lead you when you're following, when they get it, because I think we spoke sometime in the past about the dangers of projection, labeling, and judgment. So we all project. We all project from our strengths. But we have the the choice to label positive or negative, and we should not judge because we don't live in that person's space or environment or energy. Um, so what I what I 
often teach teams or partners or couples or so is to to find a way to accurately express and verbalize where you're coming from using your strengths knowledge and your strengths understanding. And the the bigger part of this, Lucas, is tied to the part of a talent that formulates a need, what you need. So we, we understand that talent's made up of energy and of a need. So it's a giving and a taking. I need this and I give this, okay? And it's always an interplay. But the moment that you interact with others, either in a supporting role or in a leading role, you need to understand your own and the other needs because often where conflict or miscommunication or frustration happens is in a a disconnect between what you need and where you're coming from. And then I label you and I take my perspective on what I hear or see, put a label on it, and then I may be completely off target. And that also means I could misunderstand your intent, especially when your need is not familiar to me. When you need something and I don't get it because I never have that specific need, so to speak. Um, So in order to do that, you obviously have to understand the, 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 the talents and the expression and how you do it and tie it towards it. But let's play around and, and use a few um, examples. So let's take, uh, let's start with a thinking theme. So the theme of analytical. <coughs> um, on, on the face of it, analytical people think, okay, analytical, I analyze. So I take figures and stats and numbers and I connect and analyze it, et cetera. That's right. But when it comes to the analytical talent, we also call it the skeptic because it, it unleashes a skeptical mindset within you. You, you don't trust what you see. And you always want proof. You always have a mindset of prove it. And in order for analytical to prove it, you need a few things. You need information, facts, data that you can study. And that when you have that, you need the second part, and that is time. You need time to study it. So let's take a scenario where You have a strong analytical working with or next to someone with a strong activator and a low analytical. So if we take activator, it's all about speed and action and jumping in. Uh, It is impatient. It's fast. It's let's get going. Analytical comes with its need for, for time, for analysis, for skepticism. All right. So if you get those two together, what you will find is if people don't understand the difference and the the different interplay, uh, there come a lot of frustration and projection and people make it personal because whenever I come up as an activator with an action plan and an idea that I actually wanted to happen yesterday, 
but I'm fast. And I, for me, it's all about getting it done and doing it. Now you come with your analytical approach and you slow me down and you go like, whoa, whoa, let's, let's look at that. Let's, uh, let's see a bit more. I don't trust this. And, and you ask tough questions. You say, prove it. What you just say, where did you get those facts? Why is it relevant? You need to prove it. Now, immediately, there is a, a big opportunity for a disconnect because if I'm an activator and you do that to me and I don't understand where it's coming from, I may take it personal and think, why, why are you doubting me? Why are you slowing me down? What's your intention? Okay. If I'm an analytical and you just go, no, 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 just do it. Move and do it. I feel like, why are you pushing me? I can't do this <clears throat> if, I'm, if I'm not certain, if I'm not convinced and satisfied and trust the process and trust the facts. So I, I imagine in this place, it's also actually deeper than I can't do this because it's like the analytical person will actually think it's wrong to just move oh, like that. Yeah. And the, and the, and the uh, activator will actually think it's wrong to wait. The, the most important thing is to do something. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So <clears throat> what, um, what helps then is if, if both of us understand strengths and strength language and understand the importance of different needs, okay? Now, let's replay that within that language. Well, first, let's, let's understand the first scenario. Activator, okay, we must do this. We need to do it. You do do Response from a, <clears throat> a typical analytical. No, no, no. Wait. Um, we need more information. We need more data. I'm not trusting this. Prove it. Okay. Conflict. Boom. Frustration. Second scenario, we understand the difference. So activator comes in with the same approach from, yes, uh, this should be done and it should have been done yesterday. But instead now of framing it in a way from where you just say no, you kind of explain and you say, you know, um, I understand where your activator is coming from and I understand your urgency. My analytical needs time to get more information on this. And there's something that's bothering me that I need to analyze first and need to get going. Now, if there's a, a mutual awareness and understanding, the whole conversation changes towards Uh, in which way <clears throat> can we prioritize our different needs? Because there need to be a negotiation and a contextual understanding of which need is more important. Sometimes the activator, for instance, could be correct that we don't have time. If we don't move now, we're going to miss this opportunity. So we cannot stop and analyze. Other, other times, the analytical may have a point. But that changes the conversation to one that's me and you towards one that's us prioritizing different importance of speed and accuracy, aligning the two and then making a call. <clears throat> and that changes the whole game within relationships, within teams. If that becomes the communication and the culture with, within a team, um, and you can tie this to, to any of, of the strengths where it is most prevalent and most important to do is when you get contrasting 
talent themes, you remember. So you have certain themes that in, in terms of their energy, their need, their thinking, their feeling, behaving is a clear contrast to another theme. Okay. So <clears throat> let's take, uh, let's take uh, uh, an example. Um, positivity deliberative. So positivity is the optimist. They always see the glass half full. They're optimistic, they're energetic. Uh, they believe everything can happen and we could do it. And they've got a lightness about them and a possibility thinking and a humor. Then you get deliberative who's the natural pessimist. So they tend to be more reserved, quiet, uh, seem to have a withdrawn energy and extremely uh, focused on what can go wrong and seeing the negative before you see the positive. So these two naturally clash. They, they, and they naturally project. Uh, positivity, who, people who do not understand deliberative will always think a deliberative person has got personality issues. They are sour. They are, you know, difficult for no reason. And I don't want to mix with them. They pull me down. On the other flip side, deliberatives look at positivities as being naive, being loud, uh, not thinking things through, being too high in risk, etc. So when you frame it differently and you can have an open expression by, for instance, I'm, I'm a deliberative. I have a daughter who's high positivity. And we often do this. I would um, at times tell her, listen, your positivity is draining the life out of my deliberative right now. Um, I need you to, to just quiet down a bit and slow down because I, I see a lot of issues here that bothers me, bothers my deliberative. So it's not a conversation of me telling her, you know, please be quiet, you're too loud. It's expressing, I see you and I understand where you're coming from. You see the possibility. Here I am on the opposite spectrum. You need to see me because we're not connecting. What do I need? I need time. I need space. I need to look at the danger. What do you need? You need to slow down and just make a bit of room for the other opportunity. Or I need to lighten up and give you space to draw me into an opportunity also. So in essence, Lucas, that's the strength <clears throat> both communication and, and language that's so helpful in relationships, partnerships, teams, and a, and a general culture. I, so I have, I have a few different tangents to go off of there, but actually one of them is in, is in let's see if you allow me to share my screen. Yes. Um, if it's okay for you, I would actually just show you one drawing really quickly. Yes. Because I, you see this? I do. So, because it, one of the approaches I use is uh, based on parts work. It's the assumption we all have different parts and we all have something that in this approach is called a self, which is more like a spiritual core that we all have an awareness. But also when we are more connected to ourself, um, there's something like a healthy adult quality that we all have available to us when we're connected to that place in us. And in this approach, one of the ways, one of the reasons why I love this model 
is they, they use the word called blending. So there can be moments where a part of you and this what a part is can be very difficult kind of blends with you and it takes over the self. It takes over basically in that moment you become that, but there is no more space available in you. Mm. And this can happen basically with parts and in this it's more of a therapeutic approach the way it was originally developed this could be parts that are very scared about situation mm. and when they take over you will see the situation as really dangerous and you will behave according to that part but actually if i listen to you we can also do the very same thing with something like and i will use the example of the activator because what you describe as a high activator and low, low analytical. Activator yes. is in my top three and analytical is in my bottom two. So I can very much relate to that situation. Okay. <laughs> um, yes. But basically, in this model, it would be that if my activator and that basic energy I have basically takes over my whole self and basically my awareness, it is like I am the activator and there is nothing beyond that energy and need. Yeah. Whereas if I can relate to it as, oh, my activator is really active right now and I can relate to it from that self energy, it can still be there. I can still use that energy, but there is that bit of space where I can speak to this, but I also know that's not everything that exists in the world. It's not everything yeah. that's true here. There may be different perspectives, even though I don't see them. And it's kind of creating that little bit of distance. Yes, absolutely. Well, great, great uh, explanation. And, and it makes it makes it very clear. And, and I think that uh, what, what I'm also saying here is that the, the method or the pathway to doing that could happen very well through communicating clearly the needs you have and understanding the needs of of someone else and and this is this is so helpful in in many areas i've seen the effect of that in in business in in business partnerships and in teams where where people <clears throat> really could not stand each other and work together for years and then with this awareness and this type of training and this understanding the whole dynamic changes and they they, they don't become big buddies, but now they understand my biggest difference from you is my greatest service to you and the other way around. So I need your activator um, and you need my deliberative or mm -hmm. my positivity or, or, or whatever it is. So when you can express that, it's also the, the, the other part is it takes off a natural self-projection towards feeling guilty for what I feel because you can't frame where it's coming from. And that, that I often see with youngsters, you know, um, again, an example, the, the other day, my, my one daughter, she, she works uh, at a hotel um, not far from here and she stays there as well. And the other, the other evening after work, she was, um, she, she found home and she was just crying, you know, and, and we're like, gee, what happened? What, what, what's wrong? And said, you know, because immediately you don't know. And her, her very first expression, knowing this and, and part of our culture in, in, in the family, she said, um, 
don't worry, my empathy is just overflowing a bit. I, I had a few interactions and my empathy just need to express. And, and this is a safe space. I phoned you and I just want to cry. Now, immediately, everything is clear. We don't, we don't worry anymore. She does not feel guilty. And we just let it go. And, it, and, and that comes simply through the self-understanding, the ability to express where it's coming from, the ability to discern um, when it's something serious or not serious. And so, and, and it's extremely, extremely practical to do that. It's helpful. It's not just a, a kind of thing in your mind. It, it, it interacts with your world, with your relationships, with, with even with self, Lucas, let me just say this. I, I often do this. I, I often out loud sometimes when I'm alone, it will be a bit weird if I do it, but I would often address my strengths, you know? Um, and uh, for instance, my adaptability that, that loves to go with the flow and procrastinate and just kind of ADD anywhere. And at times when I need to get something done, I would actually tell myself, I'll say adaptability, shut down. I don't need you now. Okay, I need to go into my achiever mode. And I, I can't, it's, it's kind of just a mental frame that I do. And I, I push out my adaptability by giving it a name, giving the behavior and the need a name, and then addressing the achiever that's got a different energy and calling it out. And um, to some people, this may sound weird, but it's, there's nothing weird to it. It's just a mind flip. You actually switch off one part and the other part you should switch on in the mind, and that alters your behavior. And so, so this is where there's another thing that I, that comes up when I listen to you, which seems to be, we're, we're having a thing here with the strengths and with the way you also look at the strengths that there is through looking at them as energy and needs and not as behavior. It's kind of like we can look under the hood of what's driving the system because right. the energy and the need will will be there and it can express in different ways but um but it's mm. it's having that distinction actually allows a deeper understanding that yes i like to look at the numbers and i like to analyze all these things but actually the the strength the talent of analytical is bigger than just looking at the number it's, it is a natural expression and energy, and it is a natural need. And in doing that, I then can have more freedom around the expressions when yes. I can acknowledge and understand and track my own needs under the hood. Well said. And, and of energy and need, I firmly believe that the need and if, if addressing, understanding and expressing the need is far more important than the energy. The energy is a default. It comes naturally. It's also visible. Energy is visible to self and others. Need is invisible. It's under the surface. And it often, you don't understand where it's coming from. So especially when you interact with others, people can see or feel your energy. They can see you're skeptical. They can see you're impatient. They can see you're emotional. They can see that you need to talk or hear it or whatever. It's no, no rocket science there. But what do you need? Why, why, why are you holding back? Do you need time or do you need people or do you need to soundboard or do you need facts? Do you need goals? Uh, do you need trust? You know, um, 
Do you need options? What do you need? And, and that to me is absolutely the key in, in, in self-leadership, self-management, in leading and managing others and in relationships. Just a question. Just think about, about the question, the nature of the question. If me and you would have a, a conversation and I simply ask you, Lucas, what do you need? Just the nature of that question changes everything. It, 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 it recognizes you. It celebrates you. It, it draws you into your inner being. <clears throat> it makes you think. Uh, it, make, it brings out honesty and, and, and vulnerability. It's a powerful mindset. What do you need? What do you need? Yeah. Not why are you behaving like this, but what do you need? And I imagine actually to make this even more concrete and potentially powerful, the, the question of what do your talents and strengths need right now? is actually could be even more to the point because it's this, and this is one of the elements I love about the model of looking at ourselves as having many parts rather than looking at ourselves as being this one thing, because I think it's not realistic that we are one thing, one personality. Um, right. So actually to ask, okay, and in this situation right now, what do your, what do your strengths need? What do your parts need? And to be able to potentially track some of my kind of talents and strengths I know and to be aware of, oh, actually what's happening right now is my analytical is going crazy because it, it isn't getting what it needs. So I actually yeah. need more information and I then need time to think about it. Absolutely. Even in <clears throat> collaboration or getting support, if, if when, when I know that you're an activator and my activator is low. And now I'm stuck. It's, it's a very clear and purposeful conversation. If I call you up and say, uh, Lucas, I need your activator to support me. The moment I do that, you know exactly where I'm going. And, and you may ask, what do you need to get going? What do you need to activate? And then, then it becomes a supportive interaction between two people. Because I, I know you've got the energy. I know you would appreciate the opportunity because you need to activate others. And I'm asking you, activate me. Start me. Get me off my backside. Motivate me. So in, it's not only expressing yourself, but also calling on someone else for support. Mm -hmm. by, by, by calling on, on the specific strength or multiple strengths that you have. Uh, just, just another thing, it, it also plays to weakness. If, if you understand where your weaknesses lie, you know, I've, my, my includer is, is at 34. So I have not only a low need for inclusion to include or be included, I actually have a kind of, a need for exclusion. I actually need to be excluded and, and left alone in, in certain contexts. So and also to exclude others to some degree that you don't need, that you actually don't want to include everybody in everything. Absolutely. That may, I'm, I'm much more out of my maximizer. I'm much more selective on who I connect with. Of course, I, I have limited energy. I have great energy when it's in a specific, but it's a, all over the show I drain. So 
it, it makes it very easy when, when I can tell my family or whatever, and they say, listen, we've been invited to go over, just tell them my, my includer is, is draining the life out of me. I, I don't have that energy now. I can't, in a different way than just saying, I don't want to go, you go. You know, I'm not going. Then, then there's a lot of questions. But if you go like express um, or just say, okay, I'll go. But remember, I don't, uh, I, I, I get drained with my low woo includer in, in spaces like that. So let's, let's not stay too long. I'm tired. I need to get back and recuperate. So it's a, there's a lot of nuances and contexts where one can use this well and effectively. Mm -hmm. So that, that was the one thing was this under the hood and that actually with this, with this um, language also, we were, we're allowing people an insight into this. These might be needs and energies that run your system. So actually you can look under the hood, you can talk about what's under the hood. And then we have a completely different layer on which we can uh, negotiate and communicate with each other because life and business and all of this are constant negotiations. Your needs and my needs will, are constantly in this. Correct, Correct. absolutely. And, yeah. and the, the other point, and this comes back to what you just said, is the need is more important. You had this... Um, You said, I need this and I give this. And those are kind of the two sides of the, of the same coin. Can you say a bit more about this? I need this and I give this. So maybe you can listen to me and then draw it because I have a, a, a graphic somewhere on PowerPoint, but I won't find it now. Yes. So here's how I, how I see it. You have, you have a talent. So say the inside is a, is a specific talent. So, Let's take uh, Achiever. And then you have, in a concentric circles around it, you have the pattern of thought and then the pattern of emotion and you have the pattern of behavior. So, yes, thinking, feeling, and behaving. And the nature of the thoughts uh, would come from the nature of Achiever. And the nature of the emotion will come from the Achiever nature as well as the behavior on the outside. Now, every, <clears throat> every uh, uh, talent has, has got a, a two-way need for expression, okay? So you have a need to empty and a need to fill. So I would, I would see this with an uh, arrow going out, a need to empty, and an arrow coming in on the other side. So it's an emptying need and a filling need, all right? And, and you can identify an emptying need. I need to give. When it's empty, it's giving. It's contributing. Um, it is, uh, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's giving it out to the outside. When using the energy also. Using the energy towards it. And then my, my need for filling comes from replenishing, filling up, re-energizing. And, and both of them need to work. You can't, you can't just fill up a talent and not empty it, but you can't empty it all the time and not fill it up. So, for instance, staying with Achiever, Achiever has the need to give or to empty itself in terms of working hard, finishing, achieving goals, 
uh, uh, reaching deadlines. That's that's all a, a, a outward emptying uh, what you give. Okay, so those are needs. I need to do this, but then to fill it up. Now it creates a void. What do I need? I need more goals. I need clear deadlines. I need the freedom to work at my own pace. Um, I need the, the, the freedom to work harder than most others. Um, the, the opportunities for all of that. Because if I just empty and I don't get those things, I, there's a disconnect and a, and a frustration. Um, here, with, here's, here's really an important element of, I need to be in an environment that allows me to do that or that gives me that so yes. that I can kind of naturally do that. Absolutely. But, but if I do this and I'm in an environment where I can't work at my own pace, yeah. I, I don't have the freedom to, yeah. to, to um, structure my own work, I will actually drain. Yes. And, and you, we can then go deep into this in analyzing it by, by overlaying it with each of those three elements. You're, you're, you're giving out of thinking. What's the type of thinking or cognitive contribution that you give, and what's the type of cognitive contribution that you need, okay? The same with emotion, the feeling, and the same with behavior. So you can analyze, actually, each one of the themes in that way. Your, your thinking contribution and your thinking need, your emotional contribution, your emotional need, your behavioral contribution, your behavioral need, so, so um, if, if I try to apply this to the achiever, it would be I have a natural uh, need to set goals, to think of how I can reach them, to actually, if my, if my goals are in any way cognitive, to do the thinking, to figure shit out. Right. And the receiving is actually I need to um, probably be able to think about my goals freely and to have the, the freedom to to yeah. change and read. Hmm? I need to be challenged. Give mm -hmm. me challenges. And I take the challenge and turn it into a goal and a deadline and, and something tangible, you know? So, so, so give me an endpoint, a challenge in terms of that. And so when we, when we then go to, to feeling, mm -hmm. the giving of, of that will actually be, I like to, I, I like exerting myself. So there is this natural energy to do and to, to feel like I'm working hard. And the receiving is actually, I need to have the freedom to do that, but I probably also need the acknowledgement of that. I need to be acknowledged for yeah. the, the amount of energy I am giving and yeah. the amount of things I am achieving. Yes, yes, absolutely. You need, to, you need a reward. Uh, of so a celebration, acknowledgement, absolutely. That's how you how you sustain the energy. And then yep. behavior is doing, 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 doing. <laughs> In the case of the achiever, <laughs> which I can relate to, and the the other behavior on the receiving side is actually being celebrated, receiving the freedom that is a form of behavior, being acknowledged. Yeah, that that kind of stuff. So where, where this model becomes really important is especially within uh, the relational talents. Um, mm. And 
if if you think of I'll, I'll give you a re relational talents and not only them but but talents with emotion it's not only relates but talents that's emotional driven like empathy harmony individualization connectedness developer includer all of that plus also some talents with emotion behind it like responsibility is a strong one as well although it's executing in nature they all have the tendency to deplete on emptying themselves completely and not filling up they in nature they're extremely giving so individualization has got an, a natural need to individualize to the needs and the practical needs and practical support from other people and they do it so instinctively so consistently that there's one question that i always ask when i coach someone with individualization strong and i i still have to find someone who can answer positively to this i simply ask them tell me who individualizes towards your needs and i always get a blank stare they always look at me and go what do you mean and i say you individualize by supporting and celebrating and and helping people individually and practically all the time right yes who does that consistently for you and they struggle because they they not used to to opening up to replenish and therefore on the long run they deplete and depletion of a talent can have a, a, a mental emotional or a physical uh, effect of of tiredness even depression etc and and the other great example is responsibility responsibility takes can you, can yes can you give me just one example what does it mean to be depleting on the mental emotional behavioral for for this for for individualization so with individualization if you think on a depletion on on the mental side it actually becomes a part where you become mentally or cognitively overwhelmed by your inability to play to everybody's needs because mm -hmm. you see it all the time and you have to respond to it all the time etc and you you run out of options or, or ideas or so to support everyone when it comes to the emotional depletion it's simply a a darkness or a, or even a depression of i can't i can't give i have nothing to give anymore i need help um i i but i how where do i get it nobody and and it comes in this form of nobody cares for me and i care for everyone what's wrong with the world i'm the giver all the time you know and and in your actions the depletion is that you simply withdraw and the moment that you withdraw people who knows you well cannot understand what's going on because you've always been there for them and suddenly you avoid them so what did they do wrong but they did nothing wrong you depleted and you need to be filled up you know so there's a lot in this on on healthy boundaries when should you stop emptying and start filling up etc you know it's a it's a give and take it's an ebb and flow that you need to manage all the time
And I, and I imagine that those questions of boundaries of they're important for all the talents, but they're especially important for the relational talents because all the boundary questions get more difficult the more social something is. Yes. I would say for, for the relational talents because there's strong emotion and for all other talents that's tied to emotion like responsibility strongly emotional they need a lot of boundaries because they give 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 they take ownership all the time it's emotional belief is some emotional driven talent even competition is emotionally driven so you need boundaries in in those elements the moment that the feeling side becomes stronger um, so you can identify talents in the way that you know where does it play stronger talents like strategic analytical ideation They don't play in the emotional area strong. They play in the thinking area extremely strong. And your executing talents play in the behavioral area very strong. And that's where you need to fill it up and, and to have the boundaries. So where you need to stop at some point in time and actually receive some of the same thing you're giving out, basically. Yes. And... and People, another thing that, that people do is they, they frame it, they, they have a, a one side, you can't switch off a talent, right? We know that. But they have a one-sided kind of approach towards it. For instance, we get back to achiever. People with achiever usually overwork in work and they, they neglect self and they neglect family and friends. The question I like to ask them is often, tell me, how do you achieve at home? How do you achieve in your relationships? I'm not saying stop achieving. I'm saying re-aim your achiever to another space because your achiever is only zoomed in at work and achiever can do a lot at home. How do you achieve in your marriage? How do you achieve with parenting? That's a total different mindset without disregarding the talent. It's where do you invest with your talent? So this, there is, there is a, there is a really, there's a lot to think about here. And I actually think also this relational emotional points to the thing that I run across the more like exploring more the relationship building talents and exploring more the, the kind of what you call the supportive talents because with with some of the executive talents with some of the strategic talents it's so obvious to see that oh this is what they're what they do whereas with the with the relational and also the supporting talents it's much more difficult to to have this clear sense of that's that's the that's the force they have that's the that's the impact they have because it is it it works on a different level Absolutely. And, and getting back to our initial topic on communication, if you get open honesty on expressing emotional needs, cognitive needs, behavioral needs, and contributions, it makes it so much more practical and clear when you know where it's the drive, you know where the drive comes from, where the, and you know where you get stuck and you can verbalize it. You can, you can express it and it's, it's great for self and others. So for me, this is kind of a natural 
full circle around this mm. topic, I would say. I think so. So maybe yeah. we can find an end here. I have one unrelated question, but maybe you're still open to it for just a few minutes, which is mm. actually, have you ever looked at the big five model? I imagine you have to some degree. Mm -hmm. do, do you see any correlations between that and the strengths model? I, I see... <laughs> I see correlation between any valid uh, model. And I say this to everyone who asks me, do you see a connect or a correlation in this and that? And that? Mm -hmm. when something comes from uh, a scientific based, uh, authentic and, uh, you know, backed up background, if it's in psychology or wherever, the, 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 outflow of it and the measurement of it in the application will always support and speak to each other. Mm -hmm. it, will, it will always do that. Um, you, you won't get clashes. You get clashes when the starting point is different, when the, the, the foundation is not aligned. You know, it's, it's the same with elements like, for instance, like religion, you get the same, you know, where, where it's built upon you'll get a lot of things that are so similar that you can't really see the difference in, in different religions, practices, and so on. Because, and that's how people often see, but, but is this not the same thing, maybe? But it, 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 it's about the, the, the starting point and then how you um, outline it within that. Because I've, I've, been, I've been diving a bit more into the big five and I actually find that some of the talents um, put a positive perspective on some of the what can often in the in the big five sound uh, ne very negative. So where if somebody is high in neuroticism, um, that's a different expression than than for instance calling it potentially being very deliberative. Um, it's a, and they and I and they probably point to similar basic outlooks, but they look yes. at them through through a different lens. And that, that was just one of the things that I find fascinating to to also look at the at the contribution of the of both sides of the scale. Look, elements of the big five is also built into the measurement of straight finer. Oh. Because there's a there's there's a, there's a lot of uh, of psychological research. So certain Certain uh, questions measure your extroversion. Other questions measure your conscientiousness or your agreeableness or whatever. And that leads to a different framing. Or for instance, are you a woo or a relator? Or are you uh, deliberative or positivity? Or are you mm -hmm. consistency or ideation or whatever? So it, it all speaks to each other and there's definitely a, a good alignment between them. Great, thank you. That was just the question I had because those were kind of my cool. own thoughts without having the depth of knowledge. So thank you very much for today, Dries. It's a pleasure like always. Thank you, Lucas. Yes, it is. It's around the next one.